Hello, everybody. I am Blaze Seifer, and this is the Seifer Scoop Podcast. It's Friday, September 18th here in Middlebury, Vermont, where students are now in phase two of Middlebury's reopening plan. In phase two, students can leave campus and travel around Addison County, but the mask mandate and social distancing guidelines are still in effect. It's a gradual relaxment of regulations that's a testament to the remarkable efforts made by students and faculty to keep our campus safe, which currently has zero active COVID cases. Athletics is one of the many facets of student life that looks quite different this year, as every team has seen changes to the way they practice and play. Here to talk with us about these changes is Gianna Pauly, a member of the women's basketball team from the class of 2023. Gianna's here to tell us the nitty gritty details about COVID's effect on basketball, her experience with Middlebury Athletics so far, and her upbringing. So without further ado, Gianna, thanks for coming on the show. Of course, thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm glad you could join. Uh, let's start the conversation here. Where are you living on campus and how are your classes going? So I'm currently in Cough Orange on the fourth floor. And that's kind of a hike from everything. But luckily, I have a few classes in by hall this semester. So it's not too far and classes are going well. I took last semester off from school. So I'm really happy to just be back in the swing of things and get to see everyone. Right. Yeah. I want to talk about that semester off. Um, Not quite now, but eventually. And I was just going to say, I I don't know if there's a dormitory that's further from the athletic center than cough. I could, am I wrong in saying that? You are not wrong. I (laughs) personally wanted to live as close to the AC as possible, but I had to make some sacrifices to live with my friends. And I I mean, I'm in a single, so I guess it worked out, but... (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, well, let's dive right into the conversation, um, which I want to start with COVID, obviously, and how that's impacting basketball. So to begin with the fall, are you practicing at all with the team right now? And if not, when does that start up? So our official season starts October 15th, but this year the NESCAC changed the rules. So you can be with your coaches, but you just can't do anything basketball specific. So we've been going five days a week of like a combo of lifting, yoga, and like agility. So that's been pretty good. Yeah. Are those all outside? Are you able to have access to the athletic center for any of that? So um, this week we weren't allowed because obviously we were still in phase one to use the weight room, but starting next week we will be. And then everything else has just been out on the field hockey field. Is that Monday through Friday or when, what days of the week? Yeah. Monday through Friday. So we like usually do Monday, Fridays, like an agility and conditioning focused workout. And then we do some recovery session on the Thursday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday is more of a strength focused type. And is that all afternoon or do you have any like before, before school starts? This week we had like two at 730, which really isn't that bad, but (laughs) <laughs> when you're with your team, I think you don't really think about the time as much, but if, when you're right. by yourself, it's different. Right. Okay. So right now, no basketball. When, when are you going to be able to touch it? Is that that October 15th date or what so is that looking like? As in a team environment, October 15th is the first time we can practice as a team with our coaches. But since we've gotten on campus, I think we've all gotten individual workouts in and Pepin opened up yesterday. So a few of us went to use the gym. 
Okay. And to use, uh, in an email they sent to use like the facilities, you have to sign up for an hour long slot. Do you guys have to do that too? Do you have any special treatment or how do you sign up? for that? <laughs> well, um, our coaches sent us an email. It's supposed to be kept on the DL, but <laughs> just because they want us to get, I guess, priority of the court, right. but no, it it's really sense. just a first come first serve basis for Pepin at least. So it opens up at nine. So if you go in the mornings, there's really no one there. I think it's after lunch when it starts to pick up. But Okay. And before Pepin open, I know there is a basketball court behind Kelly <laughs> Hall, like in the Ross complex. Did you play there at all? I actually did a lot. It's, it's functional. I wouldn't say it's the best court, but yeah. there's two hoops that they both have nets. When we first got here, one of them didn't have a net, but now they both do. So Yeah, I, I was walking back there, and it looks like there's some pickup games going on. Obviously, I think people are being safe, and they have masks on and everything, but that yeah. looks like a cool little court. And I always thought that living in Cali would be cool because, like, you're right next to this basketball, yeah. basketball court. Um, okay, so before we talk more about COVID um, this fall, I want to ask you, did you ever consider taking this semester off? Because I know a lot of athletes did. Mm. I actually did, but I think for me, the ultimate factor was the fact that I took last semester off and God bless my parents, but I couldn't do another six months <laughs> at home. So, you know, and I also still have four years of eligibility left because I redshirted last year. So regardless if we had a season or not, I'd still have the same amount of eligibility. So like ultimately I decided not to. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the first years on the team. Did all of them decide to enroll this semester? Did any of them take time off? And then another question would be, have you gotten to know them yet? And how have you like strengthened those bonds during this weird time? So we have three freshmen and they're all on campus. And I think they were just so eager to get to college and just experience Middlebury that none of them really considered taking the semester off. And yeah, I've gotten to know all of them pretty well. One of them particularly just because we're in a lot of the same classes together. What about your teammates? Did any of them, besides first years, did any of your other teammates take the semester off or is everybody here? So we have two kids who took the semester off. One is from San Francisco and she's currently in Northern Utah doing some, I know she's really interested in conservation biology and environmental science. She's doing something on those lines. And then another girl who's from Westford, Massachusetts, had ankle surgery in this over the summer and decided to take the semester off just because it was too much on her ankle to you know climb all the hills that we have here and everything right right okay all right back to playing um october 15th you said is the date when you're able to start mm -hmm. playing with teams everything but how how is that going to progress is it going to get to the point where you're able to scrimmage other teams this semester like what is the best case scenario for this semester Best case scenario is games after January 1st. Okay. So like right now we're kind of in a period of like a prolonged preseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to put yeah. it. <laughs> so are you, I mean, are you optimistic about the winter season or let's talk about that? Like, what is it looking like? What are coaches saying? What's the noise around the league? What are you expecting? I'm not, if we have a season, obviously I'm not expecting a traditional one just because a lot of the NESCACs, particularly like the powerhouses like Bowdoin, Amherst. I'm not sure about Tufts, but I know Bowdoin and Amherst are kind of depleted because they're upperclassmen are online for this semester. Mm -hmm. But I know my coach says they've entertained the idea of doing exclusively interstate play. And because Vermont, there's probably about like six colleges in the entire <laughs> state that yeah. would involve us playing like 
Division One, Division Two, and Division Three teams. Right, that would be a big variety. Would you play UVM? We would. <laughs> How good are they? Because they're D one, right? I think so. I think they're mid major. Obviously, they're D one, okay. so they're, I'm assuming they're very good. But they're <laughs> definitely not ACC level, but they're close. <laughs> okay. A little personal anecdote. So I'm from outside of Boston, and my mm-hmm. brothers are on a high school soccer team. And for soccer, like you have to, apparently in Massachusetts, the way it's going to work is you have to wear a mask in game. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't like have direct shoulder to shoulder contact with somebody. And I don't think like at Middlebury, all those precautions stand, but I'm curious if basketball is going to have, is going to look any different. Uh, are there any things of any part of the game that's going to change you think, or if you have a season, is it going to be completely normal? I can foresee us like potentially wearing masks in games, but I think the nature of basketball itself is as a contact sport. Right. So I really don't know how you can modify the game so that you don't touch people just because you're in just such a there's like confined quarters for the entire game. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know how it's going to look. I think if we do have a season, there really won't be restrictions on how you can play. Uh, I want to hit the rewind button now and chat about your first year. You talked about the fact that you redshirted, and I want to touch on that. Mm-hmm. But first off, uh, let's go to fall of freshman year. So last, exactly a year from mm-hmm. now. How nice was it to be on a team to help that transition to college? It was amazing, especially as someone who's like kind of introverted. It was awesome to have teammates, especially upperclassmen, who were like there for you, who told you what classes you should take and like all the cool spots on campus that I don't necessarily think I would have found on my own. And I also think that helped with homesickness, especially like being kind of immersed in your training. It kind of distracts you from the fact that you're away from home for the first time. Right. And you just touched on it, like the senior leadership really helped. And Mm. one of the questions I want to ask was on on a similar note, and it was, what is one thing you learned from the senior class as a first year? You might not be able to put your finger on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think they definitely taught me a lot but probably one of the biggest things is they were all so giving and so willing to help the underclassmen and I think in terms of team culture which is obviously super important to your success as a team that's something I think us returning players are really trying to emphasize particularly with our freshmen Mm -hmm. right Um, another question before we get into the season itself is obviously you started to practice and you started getting gear and now you're on a college team and it looks a little different than high school, I'm sure. So talk about Mm -hmm. the difference between college and high school ball. Well, I think the biggest apparent difference is just size and athleticism because I'm pretty undersized on the roster. I'm five, six. I'm really more around five, four in real life. (laughs) In, (laughs) In a high school, like I was probably, I was still a little undersized, but my size wasn't really something other teams would take advantage of. Whereas like getting to college, you like people were, or teams were kind of targeting me in a sense that they were setting a lot of screens to get mismatches on me where like a six, two big would be posting me up. So that wasn't very fun, but yeah, aside from that, it was also just the speed of play and basketball IQ. I think college players think the game more than high school players do. And they work as a team more versus in high school where it's a lot of times you're just putting your head down and going to the rim. Right. Did you feel more pressure on yourself now that you were a collegiate athlete or was it no different than high school? In a sense, yes. But at the same time, I think during high school, I was always a bit anxious about where I was going to play college 
Whereas getting here was kind of like that aha moment of, <laughs> oh, I made it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a good place regardless of what happens on the court. So like overall, it was almost less pressure just because I was out there to have fun and to try to win as much as possible as a team. Right. Okay. That's a perfect transition to the season <laughs> itself. You played six games um, in which you averaged 8.2 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 3.3 assists per game, which is not too bad for a first year. How would you rate your performance in those first six games? On a scale of 1 to 10 or just like <laughs> overall? No, just what, did, what did you think about your performance? <laughs> I thought I did pretty well. Um, obviously, I could have done better, particularly defensively. I, talked, I had a meeting with my coaches yesterday, and we discussed my off-ball defense. So I will definitely – be improving that but yeah <laughs> yeah and unfortunately we know that an injury brought your season to a halt so like I said you played mm -hmm. six games and then you got injured talk to me about the injury how did it happen and like what were your initial thoughts did you think it was a season ending injury do you think it was minor take me through it sure so this is going to be a bit of a long story but I have time <laughs> <laughs> so it was like third quarter and obviously fatigue is starting to sit in and I, they were running a lot of off ball screen action and I, they were saying a stagger screen on me. So I was running through and I didn't see where my teammate was. So I tripped over her foot and I landed on my extended arm and I ruptured my UCL, which I think most people know it more as like the baseball ligament, ligament per se. It's the one that all the MLB pitchers get Tommy John surgery on. But theirs is usually an overuse injury versus mine was um, an acute injury that happened in an instant. And I like knew, I remember when my trainer rushed over, I was screaming like, it's over, <laughs> it's over. And my coach was trying to calm me down. But so when I, so I didn't get an MRI until we came home for winter break. And at that point, my elbow specialist said, it looks like you're only going to be at six to eight weeks. But then we got the MRI and it said it was going to be closer to 12 to 14 months because it was completely torn. And I was most likely going to need Tommy John surgery. But I guess a chain of events happened. I was stuck to PT for the next three months. And I had a follow-up appointment, appointment. And I ended up not needing surgery, which was great. And I'm obviously back to playing now, which is about four months less than they expected me to be. Well so. Well yeah. done. So when you got injured, did you immediately think about redshirting and taking the semester off or how did that decision come about? So I was initially pretty hesitant to take the semester off. Just, I also think from a social standpoint, as a freshman in college, obviously you make a lot of friends the first semester, but I think you're still kind of adjusting to everything. And that second semester is really when you can kind of like cultivate those relationships. So I was hesitant in that sense, but I actually talked to my commons dean about it, and he said, like, your friends and your teammates are going to be here when you come back. So that's not something you should really consider. And then I just decided that if I was going to have to be on campus in a sling, probably not able to write for the entire semester, it probably wouldn't be a smart, a smart move academically for me to be at school. Right. Were your teammates supportive of that decision, or were they <laughs> super bummed? They were obviously like the seniors were particularly sad because they knew they wouldn't be at school with me for the, their last semester, but they were all super supportive. Okay. Um, next question is what were you going to do with that semester off? I'm sure COVID had quite the role to play eventually with, with those plans, but take me through your original plans. 
Well, um, I was gonna get some sort of job, but I actually decided I was gonna take like the first month off just to relax, have a month just to not do anything. But taking that month off was when COVID kind of hit. So by the time I was gonna start looking for jobs and internships, I think everything started shutting down. So I ended up just like tutoring local kids online. And then I did an internship with the Smithsonian. So that was also very fun. What did that entail? It was just me helping historians kind of like transcribe documents and then putting them on their website. Was it all like on Zoom or how did you do it? It was all virtual. It was pretty like low maintenance. It wasn't something that was, I was working like nine to five for. It was only about like an hour or so a day, but it was really fun. And I don't plan on being a history major, but it was fun to be kind of immersed in that side of study. Okay, let's talk about your upbringing. Um, going all the way back, when did you start playing basketball? I started playing in fourth grade, I believe. And what sparked that decision? So I like was not an athletic kid when I was younger, but I saw my younger brother who was in kindergarten at the time play. And I was like, huh, maybe I should try it out. So he kind of influenced me to play. <laughs> was it love at first sight? I'd say so. <laughs> It definitely was. (laughs) So you started in fourth grade. When did you join your first team? And then how did that progress to eventually club in in high school? So I joined my first team in fifth grade where it was like one of those, I think Concord has a team like the Metro West League. You probably heard of. Yeah. Yeah. So I joined that. I was on the lower Metro West team, but that year I also started playing club basketball and yeah, that just, I, once I got into eighth grade, I started getting super serious about it. I decided I was going to quit the other sports that I was playing and focus solely on basketball. Yeah. And not to jump too far ahead, but obviously you are quite a talented player and now you're playing at a premier division three team. What do you think, like, what rooted that success? Was it just like this hard work ethic? Like, did you feel like you were a natural or did it come <laughs> super, like, did you just have to work for everything you earned? I definitely was not a natural. I like to say I'm a basketball player, not an athlete in the sense that <laughs> I think like, especially kind of starting later compared to when most kids start playing basketball, it was almost like a game of catch up for a while. Mm-hmm. So it was just definitely just me sticking with it, regardless of like the success or the lack of it. I was kind of achieving at that point. Okay. And you went to high school at Wellesley um, mm-hmm. outside of Boston. Did you make varsity your freshman year? Or was actually, it a sophomore year thing or what happened? There? So I did not freshman year. I was, I made the freshman team and then I got moved up to JV after three games and then I made varsity as a sophomore. Okay. And talk to me about your high school career. How fun was that? And I'm going to ask you to brag, but tell me some, <laughs> tell me some of your notable achievements in high school. <laughs> There's not many, but um, yeah, high school was good. We were pretty competitive in the sense that we finished probably consistently top, 10 in the state every year and actually a lot of my teammates are at, at NESCAX right now playing basketball which is pretty cool and yeah and this isn't really an achievement but we got to play at the garden every year which was TD Garden. Fun. yeah <laughs> yeah I went to a game Concord Carlisle played Bedford there once I was the men's team and that was super cool like I, and we were fans like I can't even imagine yeah. what it was like to be a player 
But that, the court that was looks, really cool. Yeah, the court looks so small when like you see like Luca and Porzingis on it, but when you're on it, it feels like a football field. It's <laughs> so big. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys win anything in terms of league play or in terms of like a state tournament? So we won our league or leagues were in the Bay State Conference. We have like two separate divisions. We won our division three out of the four times I was there. And then I think we won the league outright once, which was my senior year. Okay. And then state tournament, we made it second or third round every year I was in school. Okay. So you guys were decently successful. And, and like you said, you had teammates around you that are now playing at NESCAX too. So I'm sure that helps with your development. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go back real quick. Like if I talked to you freshman year and I said that you'd play collegiately, would you believe me? Or when did the goal to play collegiately spark? I think in fifth grade, I knew I wanted to play college basketball. It was just really a matter of ability. And I think eighth grade, I kind of switched over to a more competitive club team where most kids, I'd say, ended up playing college basketball at like a very good school. So I think I knew I was in a position to play college basketball if I wanted. It was really the matter of work I was going to put in between like eighth and 11th grade. That was to decide if I really could do it. Right. And then, I mean, eventually it worked out, but how did, how did the, that college process start? Did you, did you reach out to schools really early on? Did they reach out to Mm -hmm. you? Take me through that process. Are you talking about like Middlebury specifically or just, yeah, or just like in general, I'm sure Middlebury wasn't your only school that you considered. Um, Mm -hmm. So take me through, like, did you email all the schools you're considering? Did some of them reach out (laughs) to you after watching you play? So I knew I wanted to go to a high academic. So I basically emailed every school in the NESCAC, every school in the Ivy, every school in the Patriot League, and then schools <laughs> like Johns Hopkins, just all the high academics, even though like D1 probably wasn't in my prospects. But so I emailed them probably freshman year, like the beginning of freshman wow. year of college or high school. Pardon me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then so how recruiting works in women's basketball at least is you usually don't get recruited out of high school it's more of a club thing so you would travel with your club team and all the college coaches would watch you play and but now I'm kind of contradicting myself but (laughs) I just I first got in touch with Middlebury sophomore year when they were they came to watch one of my teammates play during a high school game and after and then I emailed the coach and after um, she emailed me, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw you play in your state tournament game. Like, we'd love, to, love for you to visit campus. But obviously, I really didn't consider Middlebury until much later, I'd say. So. Why not? I don't really know. I think also being <laughs> from Massachusetts, the only NESCACs that were, like, truly on my radar were Williams, Amherst, Tufts, and then Bowdoin, just because a lot of my friends play there. Right. So, like, obviously, Middlebury was on my list, but so was every other NESCAC at that point. And what eventually brought Middlebury to the top of your list? I had an AAU tournament in Montreal, and on the way back, my mom was like, you should email the coach and see if they'll let you take a visit. So I did on my way back, and at that point, I was a rising senior. I think it was, like, the July going into senior year. The second I drove into campus, I like knew that was the place for me. Like I knew I was like, if the coach offered me, I was going to commit on the spot. I didn't even have to know who was on the team. Didn't have to know like anything about the school. I just had a feeling that this is the place for me. (laughs) And not everyone has that feeling. So that's really cool (laughs) to hear that. And did you commit on the spot or how did that go down? So the first time I came up was in the summer and my coach kind of has, at that point, she kind of had a policy of not offering kids until 
after like the elite camp. Okay. So I came up once just to visit campus and talk to coach KJ. And then afterwards I came back in August to go to the camp where I was like unofficially offered at the camp. And then from there you go on like an overnight visit the first few weeks of school. And that was when I was offered and I committed on the spot at that. Love it. Love okay. it. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, and you had, like I said, in only six games, you had quite the uh, impressive little series right there. So well, it seems like it's been working out. Um, I got one question left for you and that's when all Good. is said and done and you're graduating from Middlebury. I know that's crazy to think about what, is one thing that you will want to have accomplished in a Panther jersey? Is it winning something with the team? Is it something individual? Where do you stand on that? Definitely to win the NESCAC championship. I think um, we're on the cusp of being one of those elite women's basketball teams in the league with the Amherst, Tufts, and Bowdoin. And we think we have the pieces who are here now and then the pieces coming in next year to do so. And you got four years left to do that, right? I do, yeah. So, so when you're uh, you're going to be a super senior Feb, is that, is that mm-hmm. how it's going to work? Yeah, super senior Feb. So don't you graduate in February, but is are you going to graduate but then still be playing? Yeah, so I actually get to live on campus without <laughs> attending classes. So I'm basically a pro at that point. But That's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah well, I, like I said, you have four more years. So we're super excited to see how it goes. Um, best of luck with with COVID and I hope, I hope practices work out and everything. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard the scoop from Gianna Polly, a talented member of the Middlebury women's basketball team who is determined to achieve in the Panther uniform. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Gianna. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, listeners, thank you so much for supporting the Seaver Scoop podcast. We will see you next Thursday with our fourth episode of the year. Till then, stay well and go Panthers.